It's a joy to have you gather with us this morning to worship God this early. And uh, even those that are following us, worshiping with us online, thank you. Thank you for making it. Our reflection this morning is awake, Christ shines on you. Awake, Christ shines on you. Let's read from Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 20. Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the, in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and, rise, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Awake, Christ shines on you. These are words in verse 14. You heard me read. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So Paul is appealing to give us context to the Ephesians to wake up and realize the dangerous condition into which some of them had been sleeping. They were sliding away slowly but steadily into a dangerous situation. And he uses the analogy of sleep, you know. They are no longer as alert as they were from the beginning. And so he is exhorting them to wake up from the sleep. He says, 
wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. In other words, they are no longer sensitive. They are no longer alive to sin. And so he says they are dead and they should arise. They should wake up from deadness they are engaged in. They are sinning and so dead. There is an urgency, a need for them to arise, to get out of the situation they are slowly but steadily sleeping into. And the rest of the verses that I've talked about, really, that I've read, are giving us how, and this is divided into two. First, he exhorts them to be imitators of God. It appears that where they are standing, they are no longer learning from the Lord. And so in verse 1 and 2, verse 1 says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Be imitators. When, uh, when we think about being imitators of God, being people who are learning, copying directly from the Lord, it, it may challenge us because we are not as holy as God. We are not as, uh, you know, perfect as God. However, Paul does not need us to use that as an excuse because we have the Spirit of God. And therefore, even when we are imperfect, we should desire, we should be naturally drawn to be like God. And so every day, every moment, as we do life every day, we should be growing towards being like God. And this happens when we intentionally imitate God. Praise the name of the Lord. There has to be intention and effort, first of all, to know who God is and begin on an intentional journey to be like God. If we do not know God, it's not possible that you can imitate God because you imitate what you know, what you see. Amen? Amen. I have learned these days that my son, uh, Joshua, just made 10 years uh, the other day. He can now pronounce the priestly blessing, word perfect. I have never told him, but I think he has noticed a trend that each time I pray for people, I end by pronouncing the priestly blessing. And so people visited us, and uh, after praying, I was pronouncing the blessing, and I had somebody rhyming with me, and I thought, who is that? I turned, and it was Joshua. And he, he also tries to lift the hand. <laughs> Because the guy has been close enough, has listened close enough, has watched close enough that now he can do exactly what I do. He imitates me, word perfect. Uh, he tries to follow because by personality, I think I even have a tempo, a speed at which I say it. And he does exactly that. It's amazing that of, I have not known that he was doing this, but he was intentional about it. I'm sure he made mistakes in the beginning, but now he's able to pronounce it word perfect. That's the power of imitation. And so when Paul says, imitate God, be imitators of God in verse 1, 
as dearly loved children, in a sense, he's calling us to put God as our standard and do the things he does the same way he does them. Why? Because we are his dearly loved children. Praise the name of the Lord. And this is not really to copy other people. Paul says, be imitators of God. Later on, even when he says, imitate me, he continues to say, as I imitate God. He doesn't want you to imitate him for the sake. I went to Namiliango College and we used to have something called miming. And uh, so uh, during those nice Saturday afternoons, they would bring music in school and give us an opportunity. And so through Interact Club and those other clubs, uh, you'd choose a song that you loved and uh, you'd come up the stage, they begin to play the song. But what would happen uh, was you switch off the microphone and you just be moving your lips as though you're singing along. Eh? <laughs> and so you're there doing things, and, uh, but you're actually saying nothing. You're, in, you're miming, okay? You are pretending to be the person, but you actually are not. You're pretending to be singing, but actually you are not singing. And... When Paul says be imitators, this is not what he is talking about. He's not calling you to switch off the microphone and then be overshadowed by the noise and the music so that you confuse the spectators. No, 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 no. He says you must actually do as the Lord does. You must wake up from your sleep because you are sleeping into a dangerous place and one of the ways to wake up is to bring back God into a place of visibility so you can imitate God. What he does you do, what he says you do, that is his will. If you are not imitating God, you cannot wake up. You cannot rise up from the position you are. Church at Ephesus, wake up, and the place to begin is imitate God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And in this passage, he really tells us what is it that is there to imitate. Verse 3 says, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Live a life of love. You cannot imitate God if you are living outside love because God is love and those who live in love live in God. We quote that a lot during wedding services. And so he says, Live a life of love. Love should be not, it should be more a lifestyle than a feeling. It's not just a feeling. It is a lifestyle. It's something we do every day. Actually, other versions say, walk in love. And the kind of love we are talking about is agape, unconditional. The kind that we are told about in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to, to 7. Love is patient, is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So when he says walk in love or live in love, he is talking about nothing 
but this. Praise the name of the Lord. And so when you do this, then you are imitating God. And because you are imitating God, you can successfully wake up from the slumber that is taking you to a dangerous place. Verse 3 and 4, he mentioned some of the things that are unheard of. Listen, this is the church is writing too. And he says, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obs obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Think about this word, but among you there must not be even a hint. There shouldn't even be a hint. It doesn't have to even happen. Not even a hint. There shouldn't even be a rumor. There shouldn't even be speculation that there might be sexual immorality. He says people should not even get to a place where they even think about it. There shouldn't be a hint. Because you are God's holy people. The other day somebody was challenging us pastors and saying, but really if you're a pastor and uh, somebody begins to say, they don't trust your relationships with so and so. And then you're saying, people are witch hunting me and what not. Have you asked the question, why not you? I mean, why you are not other people? Because according to the standard of Paul, there shouldn't even be a hint. Are there areas of your life where you are not walking in the light properly? That there are shadows, and those shadows, they may not exactly be darkness, but they are shadows because they are not clear to people. Is that the reason why they are questioning? Because there shouldn't even be a hint. Walk in love, live in love, and he says this is what it means, not, I mean to walk in love. But the second thing, as uh, imitators of God, he says live as children of light. He says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. I, 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 sometimes when I am I'm studying the Bible. I really want to ask the hard questions and I want to read every word and try to connect things. And for the first time when I was reading this verse, I noticed something. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Somehow, each time I've read this verse, there is a way it sounded like, for you were once in darkness. But do you notice the, the verse says, you were once darkness. It does not say you were once in darkness. In other words, if you were darkness, you were the source of darkness yourself. You took darkness to places. When you appeared, you, you brought darkness. That was your condition in the past. That you'd bring lies, you'd bring selfishness, you'd bring, you were darkness yourself. But now you are a child of light. It says, but now you are light in the Lord. Hallelujah. What a wonderful change in Jesus Christ. What a wonderful transformation that now, rather than taking darkness wherever we go, we actually take the light of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
We bring the light of forgiveness. We bring the light of love, the light of hope. Jesus brings meaning to our lives, and so we bring meaning to other people's lives. We are no longer darkness. We are now the light of the Lord. Hallelujah. How is this possible? Verse 8 and uh, to, to, to 10, it says, Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. How to walk in the light is by finding out what pleases the Lord. Before you do anything, the grand question is, does this please the Lord? No wonder in Matthew 5, 16, he says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deed and praise your Father in heaven. Look at verse 11 of the passage we are reading. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. Your role changes. In those days, you are taking darkness, but now you expose the deeds of darkness. How is that possible? Because you are light. When light comes, it exposes. I've used this illustration here before of a story. It's a true story of Billy Graham. Uh, when he was going to be covered, he wanted to record something, and so... And the camera crew told him, we are coming on such and such a day, please prepare uh, a place. We want to do it in your home, and, uh, so prepare a place for us. Of course, he talked to the wife, and uh, they prepared a place. And, uh, you know, they cleaned up, checked everything, and it was all well. They were, they, they were convinced that uh, this is clean enough. And so the camera crew came that day, uh, set up their lights, and after setting up, they asked him, are you ready? Can we now go? He said, yeah, 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 everything is good. Let's go. And the camera crew switched on their lights. And man, those lights, oh, they light. They went on, and they exposed cobwebs, the, 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 the dust that was hidden in the corner. They, they, because the light in the room was not good enough. When this, this floodlight came, it exposed the, even the most hidden place. And they were a bit embarrassed. But listen, that is what the light of Christ does. When the light of Christ comes, it goes to the deepest corner of your heart and exposes that dark thing in there so that you realize the need for a savior, the need for forgiveness, and you actually repent. And so when it says we take light through the people, there are people who are convinced that they are doing okay. Are you aware? There are guys who say, uh, uh, me, really, what's the, I don't drink alcohol. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am fine. I am okay. I don't do those things. I am not corrupt. I've actually helped orphans. And you know, they, their light in the room is telling them things are okay. But now when you bring the light of Christ, then they begin to realize some darknesses. Yes, I help the needy, but it is out of pride. 
so that they can see me. The, the other light begins to expose that, yes, I don't, you know, I'm not corrupt, but it's because actually there is a very tight system around me. I cannot be corrupt. So, the, you know, it begins to show you the darkness hidden on the inside of you, and you really appreciate the need for a savior. And so Paul says, take the light. Imitate God by bringing the light to the people. Hallelujah. And so he's appealing to the Ephesians to wake up and realize their dangerous condition. The condition of thinking we are okay. We are a church. We are doing fine. He says, be careful. Wake up. You're sleeping. And you're going to die in your sleep. You have given up living and walking in love. You have given up shining the light. It is dangerous. And of course, the other thing that he talks to them about is every opportunity should be an opportunity to glorify God. And the reason he gives, the days are evil. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Be very careful. You might be careful, yes, but now what I need you to do is be very careful. Make most of every opportunity. Listen, friends, outwardly and to the eyes, especially of unbelievers, things seem to be okay. Did you know that? That many people think, oh, it is actually okay. Things are fine. We are enjoying. There is food. The weather is good. Ah, praise the Lord. Things are okay. He says, be careful. Just when you think that things are okay, bring the standard of God. Don't see things in the specs of the world. See things in the prism, the specs of the truth of God. And so when you bring things against the biblical standard, you realize that things are not okay. We have celebrated a lot, and I am amongst those to celebrate the current trends of technology. I mean, life is so easy that I can hold a meeting of 100 people without meeting them physically. Where I am, oh, how lovely. I mean, life has become so simplified. And we can so easily think, wow, this is the best place to be. Be careful because the days are evil. Just as it is simple for you to minister, that's how it is simple for the devil to corrupt people through the same advancement. And so that's why Paul says, be careful because the days are evil. It's not all for good. Listen, it's not. The days are evil. Think about a world where, I mean, think about this, that... Um, uh, let's use Russia. Russia attacks Ukraine and um, USA and NATO says, uh, in order for us to help the situation, let's give weapons to Ukraine so that we stop the situation. Hello, you get it, eh? Can you imagine that? That uh, these ones are killing the, the other ones, so let's give these ones weapons so that they also uh, kill the others, and so we are helping the situation. Can you, how, can you imagine... I, okay, devil, I know you're already wicked, but how can you be that wicked? 
The days are evil. Something presents itself as righteousness, as though it is doing the correct thing. But underneath is, it is hidden agenda. And so Paul is aware, and he warns the church at Ephesus, be careful. Outwardly things might look nice, but when you interrogate further, when you think about the truth of the Lord, when you think about how the devil has penetrated the church in the current times, it has become difficult to differentiate between right and almost right. Oh, it has become difficult to differentiate right from almost right. The other day I'm listening, I was telling the young people sometime in moves. I'm listening to someone and the person comes and says, the mother of all miracles is expectation. And so I want you to come in this, this service expecting because the mother of all miracles is expectation. And I thought about it deeply. Whereas there were screams, but I thought, how about the miracles I have received without expecting? <laughs> because there are things I never expect. The Lord just gives me. I, I mean, I, I, hello, how about those? So is, is this correct? Oh, it sounds almost correct, but actually it is not consistent with Scripture. It, so the truth is not just creatively saying something. The truth is what God has said. But you see, we are in an era where it has become difficult. And so Paul says, be very careful. Do not allow people to study the Bible for you. Study it yourself. Oh, by yourself, come on. Be very careful. And the reason is that days are evil. So it's not a luxury. We are not being careful for the sake of it. It's because we are under attack. And whoever is not alert, you will definitely fall prey to the evil one. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, do not be influenced by alcohol, by wine. Because when you surely take it, it will influence you. Oh, yeah. And uh, of course, there has been arguments of, but you see, the Bible does not condemn alcohol. And uh, where in the Bible show us, you know, uh, actually, it's, it's the, the Bible talks about more taking alcohol than condemning it. You pastors are confusing us. Traffic officers stopped me the other day. And uh, when they stopped me, they say, now this and that, and realized that I actually didn't have a case. And they said, but now, Reverend, before we release you, tell us, why do you reverence tell us not to drink alcohol? Uh, and yet the Bible is very clear that it's okay. <laughs> and these were traffic officers. I said, show me where in the Bible it says it's okay to take alcohol. And said, no, 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 no. Don't you remember Jesus' first miracle? It was really, Jesus would have done anything else. And, and uh, I had to get into exegesis trying to bring that 
passage into context, pulled out my Bible on the road <laughs> with traffic officers at Kawempe Junction. You know, because for them, they are convinced that wine is okay. It makes people happy and, you know, they celebrate. But have you thought about the bad things alcohol has done? Do you know the amount, the, the percentage of accidents would reduce by just stopping to be drunk in alcohol? Have you checked? Please check that we, it's possible that we can reduce road accidents by a significant percentage, close to about 40%, by just doing away with alcohol. Think about crime, the rate of crime. I mean, the increase in crime and all these things. Think about it. But even with all those disadvantages, man, the wine business is booming. Oh, yeah. Government is making a lot of money of taxes from just alcoholic things. But Paul says, do not get drunk on wine. And he doesn't just leave us like that. He gives us the alternative and he says, be drunk with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are able to be awake to all these darknesses we've talked about in this passage. If you do not have the Holy Spirit, it's difficult for you to be awake, to be alert, to be alive. It is the Spirit of God that gives us life. And how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Primarily, it is by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The other way is by asking. If you bad fathers know how to give good things to your children, how much more will my heavenly father give you if you ask of the Holy Spirit? Simply asking. And so if we are led by the Spirit of God, we'll be awake from sleep and we'll be able to overcome the evil days we are living in today. Sometimes parents are scared, will our children make it through this generation? Maybe it's difficult. Listen. The Bible says, when the Spirit comes, I will receive power and you'll be witnesses. Yes, the days are evil. Yes, times are bad. But listen, we have power. And we will make it. The days are evil, but we have power. And so we will make it. Can we be alive? Can we be present with the Holy Spirit? that is able to enable us to sail through. So as you go through today, Tuesday, will you ask God, please, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And as you fill me with your Holy Spirit, I am able to imitate you. I am able to live a life of love. I am able to walk as a child of light. I am able to be alert to the evil days, I am able to use every opportunity to glorify you. Even those that come intending bad for me, you will turn them around and you will be glorified. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this, for this warning. Wake up, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead that Christ will shine on you. 
Father, we pray that the light of Christ will shine on us. That the Spirit of God will so indwell us that he will make it possible for us to imitate God. He will make it possible for us to walk in love, to walk in the light. He will make it possible for us to glorify God at every opportunity, even amidst darkness, we will come as light and darkness will be swallowed up. I pray for every person today that the Spirit of God will overwhelm us. That we will imitate God. We will walk in love. We will walk as children of the light. We will make every opportunity as an opportunity to glorify God. Empower us, Lord. Even when it is hard, Lord, make it possible that the world will see you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.